HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. This is Severin. This is Greenhorns Radio, radio for young farmers, by young farmers, talking about young farmers who are sticking their hands into the problem and turning it into good work. And today we have Miles, who is in the Hudson Valley and is managing Syringa Mountain School. Welcome, Miles. Howdy, howdy, Severin. Uh, actually, it's uh, I'm out west. I'm uh, in Idaho. Oh, golly. I had another guest, and I, I'm sorry. Why don't we just start with you introducing yourself while I read your bio so that I'm not such a backwards person? Yeah, well, why not? Um, uh, yeah, Miles, I'm here in Idaho, um, actually working at a, a emerging Waldorf Charter School, and um, they've got a gardening program, and, uh, you know, as I slowly hone in on uh, my life's calling, uh being part of that program has been um, been pretty good, and uh, yeah, yeah, and sort of novel for our part of the world in uh, in our 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 bubble, our our little bubble of Idaho. It's nice to be in a Waldorf bubble. Almost, you know, Severin, that's how anywhere. I met I met you, uh, and 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 you just uh, you 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 struck struck out as must, as having to be a, a Waldorf kid, and you were. I am a Waldorf kid. Are you a Waldorf kid? No, 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 um, no, no. But uh, I was at the, the Camp Hill Village in uh, upstate New York, and that 
Oh, was I buying pigs from you back in the time? No, no. And I met oh. you recently at the, uh, the the biodynamic conference. Wow, wasn't that a good conference? That was in Santa Fe, and the Biodynamic Association is kicking butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, so anyhow, I, you know, work, work with the kids, and uh, it's inspiring, inspiring work. And uh, um, I, I, I think about all the accomplished people out there in this sort of young, emerging farm scene, and... Uh, there's there's plenty of heroes that I look up to. I mean, I'm just uh, just getting my first steps. So, well, let's talk about how you found yourself in Idaho and kind of what informs um, your practice of biodynamics. Not everybody who listens to this show necessarily knows all about biodynamics, so it might be worth a cursory, descriptive phrase or two. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, there's not much happening in Idaho, uh, you know, as far as uh, related to biodynamic farming, but um, I, I was introduced um, more or less by the label, but then, you know, really got my introduction going to Camp Hill Village. Um, and, um, you know, uh, Rudolf Steiner was a philosopher from, what, Vienna, Austria? and uh, Austria. He, he was the inspiration, one of those first pioneers of organic farming, but then went a bit beyond organic just to include kind of the, the cosmic rhythms and sort of a, almost a, a spiritual as, a reverence for, for the work and um, uh, uh, spiritual reverence for the soil as well. And, and, um, and as well as creating um, inoculants uh, and sprays, you know, compost uh, preps, and uh, sprays for the the soil and uh, the plants, and uh, yeah, what a pioneer! I mean, he he had a lot of um, amazing insights, and there were a group of farmers. What was it back in back in twenty four, nineteen twenty four, thereabouts, twenty twenty five? Yeah. yeah was when he did an agricultural lecture and inspired so many people to begin this journey. Um, they had already realized that, that their, um, you know, their rock powder amendments weren't quite cutting it, and they, they didn't have the vitality on the farms that they had, um, you know. Even previous. a generation previous. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't it's know. A beautiful, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful story of how observation... And and dedication and engagement became a movement, and that movement has had such an impact around the world. The Camp Hill Village that you're talking about is a group, uh, or it's a it's a it's a system of farms, a whole network of farms that are helping people with learning disabilities or developmental disabilities or special ways of being to be in a residential therapy environment and farming. So basically they're farm instead of you know getting people a lot of a lot of drugs or putting them in mental place uh you know it's cooperative co-housing doing purposeful work with meaning. Many of the young farmers that we are always talking to, you could argue, you know, we're the kinds of kids who used to get dosed with Ritalin some of us. At least I am. 
and <laughs> being with animals is, can be a really healthy alternative to drugs. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the yeah. vision that um, you're going to fulfill there in in Idaho. You know, um, Idaho's unique. It's a beautiful place to be, and um, um, I, I'm up in the sort of high dry. You know, it's a it's a high desert area. Um, but uh, you, you know, I mean, it may not be the farmland that you would find in Washington and Oregon, but I think it has its own, um, you know, benefits of, of of the dryness. You know, I mean, you're not there's there's certain diseases and and factors that you wouldn't have to deal with. So it's got its it's got its uh, it's got a lot of potential, and I. I um, you know, um, other than working with the school, I mean, one of my goals is to uh, yeah, start an orchard, and um, it's in a bit of a windswept wind area, but um, uh, I think there's potential. There's good soil out in Idaho for young farmers, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm sure there's there's a fair amount of it in upstate New York, but uh, Idaho's a good place, and it's got, you know, it's got the, as you head lower into the state, Hello? Hey. I mean, there's not a lot of things that are alike, to be honest. So I'm just kind of like arranging things so you can see them and cleaning. But it's like none of this stuff matches anything else. I mean, I'm putting all the nuts. Like I know what it is. Yeah, like those are sockets. Yeah, I'm putting all the sockets and nuts together. Great. And these are like... Did
electrical. Hey, I I can't hear anything. You can't. Er, Miles, are you still on the line? Do we lose him? Hello. All of a sudden, I stopped being able to hear him. All right, let me try calling him back. One sec. Problems with the with this radio, like the equipment or something. Because this, I have to get an aspirin. I just got headached. Maybe it's because there's like PCBs in this shit. There's some stuff that's kind of seems like it's water or. Okay, everybody here? I'm here, yeah. I'm here. Okay, we can just that pick up. That was funny. We'll just start where we where we left off because I stopped being able to hear you. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. So right. um, let's talk a little bit about Idaho and agricultural history and context of Idaho. Um, obviously, the money and power of slavery that was created by cotton and exports uh, became capital, and the prosperity of the nation moved west, and the prosperity of the nation was able to use dollars from the east to build huge dams in the west to make land that was formerly a desert arable and irrigable in uh, a great spasm of dam building, and Idaho is one of the big beneficiaries of that epoch of American history. Um, do you want to just, like, talk a little bit about what the landscape is? Um, yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm not on the, the Snake River. I'm not in the Snake River Plain area, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's got a rich history and um, certainly huge infrastructure projects put, uh, put the place on the map. And, um, you know, um, but it's, it's, it's a good place to grow. I mean, you know, there's the Treasure Valley, um, and which is the Boise area, and then the Magic Valley, which is Twin Falls area, and that's kind of the, you know, stretches along the Snake River Plain. And um, I couldn't. I, I wish I could give you more details about the the soil, but um, I mean, the one thing I do know is that it's it's got to be a place in transition. You know, I mean, the old guard is. Uh, 
you know, they're getting older. So I, I think there's a lot of opportunities and probably opportunities to gain access to land if you can, you know, if you can still deal with the, the occasional crop duster and, uh, you know, pesticides in your, your breathing space and so forth. <laughs> So how um that's a good tip what what's the evidence that you're that you're alluding to when you're looking around you just mean in the feed store everyone you see is 80 um no just the general sense that I don't feel like you know I I feel like Oregon Washington versus Idaho it's it's like there hasn't been a lot of young people that have moved in to to fill the void I I can't really it's more a sense. I don't. I can't say that I have evidence. It's just sort of. Um, I don't. I don't see a lot of. A lot of young farmers emerging compared to you know say Portland or Seattle or something like that you know or. Um, but I, but it's coming. I mean it, you know it's on its way certainly. I. I, I don't have evidence. So let's but, talk about how you got there, um, and and the places that you went maybe are which were hipper, to get training that give you the skills to come out there right, and right. find opportunity. Do you want to talk about your journey? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I went out, well, I'm 40, you know, and still still working on, you know, discovering the path that I'm at, you know, this this path. But um, I don't know. I started, I, I went to the islands, Kauai, and then I realized that um, because I was in this Idaho bubble, I was raised here, and, um, you know, it's it's, totally isolated and if we didn't have transportation I would not we would not really be eating um, <laughs> um, but but we could be feeding ourselves and you know so I went off my, my journey began on the islands on Kauai and I realized whoa there's this world of um, you know young farmers doing you know living in Quonset huts and eating themselves collectively and trying to make food happen and um, and then, you know, along the way, I've, I've just, there's so many beautiful, heroic people, um, you know, and I, the Camp Hill was certainly a, a tremendous experience, and, um, you know, spending, doing an inter, internship with the Herb Farm in Williams, Oregon, and just being exposed to sort of that world of um, medicinal herbs and, and all that goes into growing those wonderful herbs for people to be healing themselves with and um, you know just uh, little parts and pieces along the way like anyone and um, you know being inspired by people like uh, uh, Rich Ocheck you know these seed savers and these herbalists and you know Paul Stamets and uh, I mean so many heroes so and here I am talking about my heroes I, uh, on the radio I I, I um, I wish I could. I, I wish I could step into those shoes. Maybe when I'm uh, in the next lifetime, or when I'm seventy, perhaps we'll see. <laughs> or now. Well, what you're saying is that you're humbled by the people that you get to share this movement with. Truly. And, truly. Um. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So. Um, and now, lots of young farmers are stepping up to join the boards of the organizations that were founded by. Lots of of those farmers who are now gray hairs and they're farmer women and farmer men starting up these organizations. Can you imagine they were starting all these organizations before there was any internet or Gmail, you right. know, or digital simultaneous filing system? So they had to schlep over to meetings to organize all this stuff. 
So anytime yeah. you start to bitch and moan, we may want to keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly uh, a new age of uh, information. And, um, you know, yeah, I can't imagine being, you know, the, the opportunities for, for traveling around and, and experiencing farms um, for, you know, I don't know, folks that are just coming out of high school, it just seems phenomenal. And and so, you know, currently I work at a uh, this Waldorf school and, I, I've really been trying to bring that heart to these children, you know, about uh, what's possible. And and uh, these children are, are like, craving, you know, craving soil and craving the opportunity to eat a carrot out of the ground. And so, um, you know, so... Let's talk about those kids, because, I mean, if I were being... Bo- I mean, you know, my whole career is kind of like Obama spring, hope, change... We can do it, get involved, here we go, type of thing. And now yeah. the politics of the situation are uh, quite grim. And, um, you know, we basically have a likely set of administrative decisions coming down the line not to abide by our carbon commitments in Paris, the commitment to keep about 80% of the known fossil reserves in the earth, in the ground, to prevent catastrophic climate change and all that it entails for agriculture and for coastal communities. And I just wonder how kids who are confronting that reality now, you know, it's like a really different psychological experience from, oh boy. from uh, yeah. do you have, do you have well, any reflections about what the kids are thinking? Oh, well, uh, you know, I think, I think they're relatively, dis- I think a lot of children are relatively distracted and I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the adults, it's such a heavy psychological burden. I mean, it's such a burden that I feel like, you know, so many people can't even take it on. And, and it's, it's, a, there's a fair amount of education that goes around like learning what, you know, where, where are the problem areas. And, you know, I don't know. I, I wonder. I mean, I wonder for myself personally, it's such a, a heavy, you know, situation. I, I, I just caught the tail end of your conversation with this other fellow that was, you know, farming farming in the carbon into the soil. And, um, I mean, that's, that's so beautiful and, um, and necessary. And uh, I... I think that um, I, I'm working with a slightly younger group, and I'm going to be moving potentially to an older group where, you know, these, uh, you know, like teens, where I feel like they're ready to have that that opinion or they want to get upset about something and maybe hopefully do something about it as well along the way. But, um, I don't know. You know, it's yeah, I guess a you lot can't of the kids I work with. Young, you can't lay it on the kindergartners right away. Yeah, that's right. That, you can't lay it on too thick. You know, it's sort of a subtle thing because – uh, yeah, they they need to experience their third grade, uh, or where they they're Eden until they you know get to what that nine year change, and then all of a sudden they realize there's some woe in the world. And uh, but I, yeah, I don't think you can lay it on too thick right off the bat because uh, unless it's sort of uh, what you can do positively. And uh, so that's you know that's what we're up to in the garden is just empowering them to to see that these simple seeds can truly transform, you know, themselves. What a wonder. Well, yeah, it's almost like you have to give them the confidence that life, the power of life is so profound before you lay on them what uh, conundrum civilization has gotten itself into. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So That's like a one-two pedagogy. Like, first, you can notice how awesome things are. Then we're going to let you know how devastating they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, such interesting times to live, you know, where you have hopeful beyond measure, you know, heroic figures, and then um, at the same time, these these archetypical villains and titans <laughs> doing what they're doing. I just want to remind everybody that it's time to buy your almanac. We had a lot of really great authors, really amazing historical snippets, thanks to the historian of the National Farmers Union in Kansas. We love him, Tom Giesel. And uh, all of y'all who contributed, please consider contributing to the next one. And while you're at it, get one for a friend or for your CSA or spread the word to your favorite cafe or farm coffee shop and um, consider having babies and sending them to Waldorf school. Okay. Thank you so much, Miles. I'm sorry for our weird problems, but it's all part of the gig. Well, it's been a pleasure. We'll have to go visit Green Farm one of these days. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it in two weeks. Okay, bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.